Hey there, soccer fans. Welcome back to Build It, the American non-league soccer podcast. In this episode, we are joined by Trent Seidenberg of the Kirkland Goats from Washington State. Unfortunately, we had a couple of technical issues right at the start of this recording, so there's no wacky banter for myself and John. Please direct your angry correspondence to Union Dubuque, as always. Let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, the best is yet to come. Thanks for having me. Uh, yeah, so again, my name's Trent. I'm a Northwest, Pacific Northwest native my whole life. I uh, grew up just south of Seattle, uh, and that's where I really began playing playing soccer at a very young age. My parents threw me into, uh, as most parents do, into direct soccer, and they knew about it, but it ended up being where all three of, of well, my, my two brothers and I all ended up uh, going on to play college soccer. Uh, so we, we all went and actually played at, it's called Northwest University in Kirkland. So that's kind of how I got established in Kirkland, which is uh, uh, a town just east of Seattle. And uh, so that's where I got started and uh, was playing in college. And um, I think anyone who's played in college has experienced um, some, some amazing times, but also a lot of frustration with the, not necessarily, necessarily the level of play, but um, you know, kind of the, the season, the length, uh, the, the trainings, uh, potentially the injuries, because um, the college season is such in such a jam-packed tight window, right? You get to training camp in August. Um, if your team's lucky enough, you know, you can, you can make it to the postseason. Um, I think if, if, if you go and win a national championship, you're, you're playing in, into December. But most, most teams are done by the end of October or, like, or early November. And so after that, you get, I would get frustrated. You know, I'd have to go and do a lot of training on my own um, and wanted places to play, but outside of, you know, some, some Sunday league or wh- whatever you have it, so maybe some indoor, there wasn't, you know, there wasn't a place to really start training again and uh, look to actually grow in the game. So that's kind of how uh, a friend and I at Northwest started Kirkland FC kind of out of that frustration we were looking for leagues to play in and uh, we came across the Western Washington premier league, which um, hadn't started yet. It was a kind of a new idea that someone had put out um, out online saying we're accepting applications, looking to start this, this league um, application, you know, having no experience, never running a club before our application was probably pretty lame, uh, but we got accepted. So that, that ended up being pretty cool. So we were a, a flagship or uh, one of the first members of uh, the Western Washington Premier League, which debuted in 2018. Um, so it was pretty cool that season. Uh, we went on to, to, to win the league that first season. And that was, that was really cool for us. Uh, the second season saw us grow quite a bit as a club um, and as a league. Um, and we added a bunch of, a bunch of teams. And I think we added five teams going in from, from year one to year two. 
and four of those clubs finished above us in the table in the second year. So that was kind of a, a testament to the, to the quality that we added. Um, and, you know, I believe that we were, that we were even better from year one that in, in year two. And so it was kind of, kind of showed the growth of, of the league in that way. And uh, we were lo- really looking forward to, to year three as we were going to implement uh, a, a promotion re- relegation deal. But of course, COVID kind of got in the way. So that's a brief history about um, me as a, as a player and then um, uh, Kirk and FC. Cool. So the purpose of um, this podcast episode is probably going to be you picking John's brains as, you know, the man that can tell you all about how to grow a club in theory. Um, no offense, John. But I've just got a couple, just from your opening rant, um, I've just got a couple of questions that spring, sprang to mind. Um, when you said 2018, you grew as a club. What do you mean there? Yeah, so between 2018 and 2019, yeah. that was going from, from, from year one to year two. Uh, we saw more, more people coming to games. Uh, we saw a much larger turnout to tryouts. Um, we saw our, our, our footprint um, on online grow a little bit. So it was kind of a lot of those things. Um, okay. Uh, what and, sort, what sort yeah. of attendance are you, are you pulling in? Well, non-paying uh, attendance, I'm guessing. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so our, our situation was kind of interesting. We Finding fields um, in Kirkland is very tough. Um, and there, there, there's not a lot of fields in general. Uh, there's two high schools, but to be able to play at one of them, it, uh, I did the math and um, it was like $1,500 a game. And so that just wasn't, that just wasn't going to work out. So we ended up playing at a, at a community college called uh, Bellevue college, which I think now is a four-year school, but they just had redone their, their soccer field and it's uh, it was beautiful, but they didn't have a gate. So everything we did was, you know, um, we, we, we couldn't charge admission. So yeah. our first two years, we didn't make any money on that. We just made money by, by selling scarves and t-shirts and, you know, little things like that. Um, so I would say year one, we were pulling in 75 people year two, we were averaging, you know, between hundred to 150. I think the most I counted at a game was 170, something, something like that. Yeah. So, so, so really not a lot, really small scale, but you know, the goal is to be much bigger than that. Of course. So. Um, um, is the goal, and you know, I don't want to stand on toes with the West Washington league or anything, but is the goal to remain West Washington or is there a, a natural progression for a club that can pull in 300, 500, a thousand people. Yeah. Um, we, we've, we've had some talks with, with other leagues as, as a league, maybe moving to more of a national footprint. Um, we actually decided against that because um, we're, we're kind of different in the Western Washington Premier League where we do not charge a, um, where we don't charge a, like a team fee for, yeah. for you to participate. So, we actually keep the costs extremely low as in none pretty much except for the few expenses we might have as, you know, entering our league into uh, the adult soccer association for the state and things like that, you know, yeah. really, really small stuff. So that's really attractive to us as a club um, because of the fact that we uh, to date have not been able to really make money on our fans coming to games or keeping everything really simple has been, has been good in that way. Um, I, th- I think naturally, as growth happens, you don't want to just stay, you know, where you're at as a league or as a club, you want to continue to grow. And so, yeah, I think, I think one day, um, depending on, you know, the, the scenario that we get in, we would move to maybe something quote unquote bigger um, mm-hmm. or with a larger footprint. But, but for now we are, we are really happy where we're at and the, the league has grown 
as well. Um, there's also another league similar to ours. Um, it's called the Evergreen Premier League in, um, in, in Washington, and that's a, that's a statewide league. And so we call ourselves the Western Washington Premier League because our state's divided by uh, the Cascade Mountains. And so on the western yeah. side is where pretty much everyone lives. The, the EPL law, the Evergreen Premier League, they, they kind of go statewide. So they have some teams on, on the eastern side of the state. But we, we really focus on being really close. Um, uh, I know the Midwest Premier League talks about having that, that close map to, to reduce costs as well. And so most of our clubs are within an hour or two. I think the furthest ones are maybe three hours away from each other. But right. um, so we really like that as well. Um, it kind of builds that, you know, rivalry. And, mm-hmm. and, be, and because of that, we, we, we like to stay, we're thinking about staying where we are for, for the foreseeable future. All right. Cool. All right, sweet. Mm-hmm. John, any questions before we open the floor up? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a hundred. Um, of course he does. <laughs> Drop in. Interest. Okay. So no, 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 no financials. Um, let, and maybe these are some of your questions, but so you, you couldn't charge a gate. You made some money on some scarves, some merchandise, whatever. Your, your league costs are very low. You still have field rentals. You still have, um, I don't know what you do for your coach, you know, or coaching staff, um, referee expenses. Where do you, how do you cover operating costs? Like what are your, yeah. whatever, all of your different revenue streams? Yeah. So um, year one, obviously we had some, a, a couple different sponsors and some people who were gener- generous enough to kind of give us a, give us a kickstart. So that, that helped a lot. Year one, um, we got really lucky. We, uh, a coach wanted to coach for free and, um, this kind of a little bit of a resume builder and he, he really wanted to get that experience to kind of move up into coaching his own college program. And so he, he had only been an assistant coach for uh, until that time. So that kind of gave him that push to, 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 to move forward. Uh, and for training, we got lucky too, is we were able to train at Northwest university for free um, because that year one, pretty much everyone was a Northwest university player. Um, so we just, um, we just trained there on, on the turf field for free. Um, and then basically all of our expenses were um, the referee, the referee costs, which we had seven games. Um, so the referee costs and the uh, field costs for, for playing and then whatever other, you know, we had our, we had our merchandise costs and um, and some and some other little tiny things, but you know our our costs were were really low. It, we think we ended the year, you know, spending like six thousand um, dollars, and uh, you know it that that that's kind of the trade off is we didn't spend very much money, but you know we didn't really. It could have been a lot bigger than it was in that first year as well, and so that's kind of one of the questions I actually had for you, John, was you know, do you find a direct correlation with the amount of money you spend to how much you could potentially grow? No. Well, okay. Sure. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) If you, if you can throw money at marketing, sure. Mm -hmm. But um, something that I've been coming back to the more we've talked to people is, is every bit of growth or great deal of the growth is, is the contacts and the connections. And mm-hmm. um, I don't know that money solves that. You know what I mean? I, I think, right. like, if, if, I, if, if I told Nick, hey, the board talked and you've got uh, $100,000 for marketing, 
go crazy with Facebook ads and promotions and billboards and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, does it get some people in the door, some people to notice you? Yeah. Does yeah. it necessarily mean that you have lifelong supporters out of that? And I don't, I don't know that that's true. Part of that's because we haven't been around. We're, we're like you 18 was our first year. We've mm-hmm. never had the ability to throw big money at something and say, let's try it. Right. Cause I could be completely wrong. And those that, work in advertising would tell me that I'm completely wrong, but I think it's a mindset and a consumer education that what we are, who we are and why you should support us. And I just don't think you get that from looking at a logo or a billboard or a pop-up ad. I think it Mm -hmm. comes from the experience of having a pint with me, having a pint with Nick, having a pint with one of our board members, having a pint with a player who says, Hey, yeah, I play for this club. You should come check us out. Um, and obviously pints are good, right? Well, why not? Right. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to go have pints with people and, mm-hmm. and really kind of, as for the, for the last year, it's been hard to kind of keep those connections and keep those close contacts. So I think there's, I think there's, um, there's a certain threshold where is it worth marketing and advertising? Absolutely. But you can do so much of that for very low cost now that I don't think that that money necessarily brings the boys to the yard mm-hmm. so to speak i think right. one, of, one of john's unspoken mantras since we started doing this podcast that he's been drilling into me um unwittingly unwittingly i don't know is boots on the ground right there's just no substitute for hard work there's no shortcuts to this we'd all love to set up a, a twitter account and for it to engage with the community and all of a sudden we get 400 people through the good door it just doesn't happen you've got to go out there and glad hand people and kiss babies and do all that stuff that, <laughs> So it comes naturally to some people, doesn't come naturally to a lot of people, especially soccer people. Um, but that's where that's where that's how you get ten more seats, ten more butts on seats, game after game after game. If you can grow, I don't know how many clubs are in your division, but if you if we're saying we've got five home games a season, that's very conservative, right? If you can grow mm-hmm. to your your home attendance ten percent game on game on game, depending on where you start, obviously, um, you've you know you've nearly doubled it by the t- by the end of the season from the start of it. And that's fantastic yeah. growth. Yeah, no, that's of course. All, that's all you can do. Yeah, and I, I think. Oh, go, go ahead, John. No, I, but that's but that leads that leads me to a question, Trent. Sorry, I'll let, I'll shut up. I promise. Um, no, you're good. What What are you, I I I hear that. Obviously, you had some success in the field, and I I think it's cool that you like. Yeah, that was great, but it sounds like that wasn't or isn't necessarily your primary goal. So, what is Winning, winning is wonderful, of course. We all feel that way. But are you trying to build more of a community-based, community-focused, community, uh, a part of your community with a club? Or is it just about winning on the field? Is what, Where's your priorities out there? Yeah, and I mean, I think wh- whatever we do, winning will be one of the things that we say, okay, um, are, are people going to enjoy coming to – a a team where where they win more than they than than they lose probably will they come to a team even if they lose if you do a good job yeah they'll still come so i i don't think that necessarily winning is i don't think winning will ever be our our number one you know if we don't win the the league title or this or that every year we had a bad year i don't i don't think that's it at all when i first started this team with with my friend it really was more of a Let's put a team together for the summer so we can stay in shape. 
um, play some games and, uh, you know, so that we could be prepared for, for our next college season. And I was going from my, from my junior to my senior year and Kirkland FC did that. But what we quickly found out was that it was, it was way more than all of those things combined. Um, like, like you talked about being a, being a, a community team is, is really important, you know, not, not just being there to win, not just being there to be a place for, for players to get some extra fitness in. Um, we want to make it more than that. And so I think one of the things that has, has hindered us a little bit in that is because we have not been able to one, have that kind of game day atmosphere that we want, not being able to have a gate um, and also not being able to play in Kirkland. Uh, we, we want to build relationships with, with businesses and people in Kirkland. Um, there's a, through, through our network of guys that I, I played with and, and alumni through Northwest. And uh, I used to work for in, an indoor soccer company called Arena Sports, which are fairly large in the area. I, I know all of these people who either want to play or want to come and watch. Um, and that's one thing that needs to do, like you're talking about, going out, shaking hands and, and, and getting, getting a pint with people and, and all of those good things. There's all of those opportunities. It's a great place to do that in Kirkland. And I think that's something that we were looking at this year to really double down on. Um, we started reaching out to a lot more people early on in, in 2020 before, before COVID hit saying, Hey, we want to partner with you or all this and that. And just talking to people and saying, this is what we're about. Um, you, you know, whether you're a player or a fan, come, come and be a part of this and, uh, you know, have it be a little bit more than just let's go, let's go win trophies. Because at the end of the day, I mean, a trophy is great, but <laughs> at, you know, 2018 is done. Um, that trophy, that, that trophy is, it doesn't pay the bills. It doesn't necessarily make people continually happy and gives people joy, you know, year after year. Yeah. There was that, you know, those fans that talk about, you know, my, my club has all, has all these trophies, but in the present, they are frustrated because their team is, or the league or whoever has put all this emphasis on, we need to win trophies. And then fans and people are just frustrated because their team isn't, right? And even, even if we're a really good team, there's no guarantee that we're going to win every single year. Lots of things happen. And so, um, yeah, to, to kind of stay away from that and leave that more towards, you know, that's that goal right there is really more for the, I would say the coaching staff, you know, getting the right person in who has a winning mentality is obviously really important. But it's also building that same culture within the team that we want to see with our community as well. And so, yeah, I, I think it's definitely a lot bigger than that. And there's a lot of ways that I've thought of and kicked, kicked around with, with other people of, of how to do that. We haven't really been able to settle on, you know, firmly on all of, you know, one specific thing that we're going to do right now. Um, just because of a lots of, you know, variables that got thrown into there this year, but yeah, we, 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 we want to build something more than just, than just wins and losses. What's your, um, what's your structure? What's your club structure? It's you, is your buddy still involved? Who's, what's the team, what's the front yeah. office look like? Yeah. So it's really just myself and my friend, uh, Elijah. Um, we, we started together. We are, um, we are co-owners. We are, you know, we're, we're not, we're not a nonprofit. And so we, we own the team together. Um, and we've started to bring in, uh, we brought in a general manager was, we were going to do that for, for 2020 
who would kind of oversee the um, kind of helping with the recruitment of players, overseeing the coach, being that connection between the owners and on the field. So then we could more focus on, um, you know, building the club behind the scenes, not necessarily on the field. So that was really the extent of it. We were trying to pull someone in to do social media, um, you know, that for whatever reason that didn't work out. Um, and we, we've, we've asked a lot of other people to kind of, to help out, but, you know, we haven't really needed, we've had volunteers who have come along the way, but, you know, we didn't really need a ton of volunteers because our operation wasn't that big. Right. We were just starting off just like, okay, let's just get a field. Let's just, let's just get a team on the field kind of a thing. Now it's to the point where um, in, in this past year, what I've really been working on is trying to pull people in to, to help out or see if there's things that they're finding people who are good at certain things like social media or, you know, someone who I know would be good at merch and operations of, of, of merchandise and pull them in to kind of help out or writing content for our website or, you know, things like that. Um, that we're trying to, to help grow. But as far as actual leadership, um, it's myself, Elijah. Um, and then I've been trying to get some other, other people who I know involved um, kind of as a, as an advisory board um, to say like, Hey, this is where I'm, this is where I'm planning to go. Does this make sense? You know, like kind of a sounding board to, to kick ideas off of um, the, and to, and to kind of keep me in check because my imagination um, starts to run wild when I think of all the cool things that I can do. And I think John, you've, you've spoken to this in the past, um, but you know, that's, that's kind of your guys's board is, you know, you know, John, you, you say you have all these great ideas and then you send them out and like, wait a minute, that's going to cost all this money or that doesn't <laughs> yeah. make sense. You know what I mean? And so, I, you know, in, I, call, in the first I like two, to call them the, the green, the dream crushers. There we go. Every yeah, one of exactly. them, every one exactly. of them holding me back. Oh man. Yeah. I love that. And you know, <laughs> it's so important too, because in going into year two, I really did have all these cool ideas and I didn't have, I didn't have anyone really keeping me in check besides uh, the other owner who, you know, he's, he's a lot like me. And so that, you know, I think that's one thing that I've learned is you need to find people who aren't necessarily like you and bring them into your club to kind of balance you out. Um, and that's true in any business as well. And that's kind of what I found in my, in my young career and then and then with this team is that you need a plethora of different kind of people different kinds of people to to really help things you know move forward what's your um i'm bouncing around a little bit but it all kind of links together but you've got memberships on your website um, which i thought was really cool that you've got the monthly the lowest monthly membership i've seen anywhere in the united states so i encourage everyone to go sign up for three dollars a month um, you've got membership and then you've got, I think a yearly, um, yeah. so what is your membership? You know, have you got a large number of members? Are you, is that something that I, I don't know if that launched recently or if that's new, but what kind of membership base do you have? And can you pull from that group as you're looking for people that they obviously have spent some financial, uh, or spent some money to financially support. So can a few, would a few of them raise their hand and say, Hey, I want to get more involved. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, it's very young. This idea is very, young. I kind of came up with it recently. And so our, our numbers are very low. Um, and there's like four or five people who have, who have done that, done, done that monthly one. But, you know, I, I, I didn't want to be, even though we are, you know, even though we want to grow, uh, I don't want to grow um, and grow and gouge, you know? And so 
for, for people who may be around the country or a, a, maybe even just a little ways away from Kirkland, they may not want to do a, a, like a full on yearly membership. So that's where I kind of got the $3 monthly idea. People can, can stop it at any point. Um, and you know, on there, you've got those, those two flex tickets, you know, if you, if you sign up for one month, you'll, you'll get those two flex tickets. And if you cancel after that, then you still get them because at the end of the day, we just want to provide value to whoever's being a part of it. And, um, kind of a, another cool idea with that I've thought of, let's say you're someone in Texas and, uh, you sign up for the monthly membership, but you know, those two flex tickets are on there. What are you going to do with those? You're never going to, you're not necessarily going to come up to Kirkland to watch a game. Right. So I'm trying to work with some, some local youth, um, places around Kirkland to where, you know, Oh, I'm not going to use these. Let me donate them to, to this club or to, or to whoever to, to get, you know, all sorts of different people to be able to come out to games. Um, and that, that could be a part of you growing, helping grow the club, um, your, your small monthly, your small monthly fee, and you're sending people to a game for free. I, I, I think that was one of the, an idea that I thought of where, you know, at the end of the day, your, your cost for fields uh, and our hope is to, to get to a field where we'll have a, have a gate, your it, it's going to be a fixed cost, right? And so giving away a, a tickets here and there or giving them away for really cheap isn't going to be a big deal. You're not making as much money, but that, at the end of the day, it's not really about that. It's about building that community, right? Um, and so, yeah, I think those, those, those people who, who want to be a part of, be a member or support the team are the people who I've reached out to so far that say, hey, to, to say, hey, yeah, would you want to help out? And right now the, the toughest part is, well, when's the season going to start? Cause I need to know my schedule. And I'm like, well, I can't do that right now. Right. We, we just have no idea. And so that's kind of the, the big hindrance, but yeah, those, those are the pe people who have already, you know, taken that step forward and uh, definitely the people who, who I reach out to first. And, and one thing that comes to mind with that group too, even if it's just four or five people, if you're looking for somebody to do social media, you don't need to ask one of those five, hey, do any of you know somebody that would be willing to help me with graphics and social media or whatever? Yeah. And let them, let, keep them engaged in what's going on by just asking, you know, I don't need you to help. I don't need to know that you can come take tickets at a game. You got a nephew or a niece that is good with graphics? Cool. Send them my way. And, mm -hmm. and maybe you, that helps you. again. It's like, I don't know. Let me think about it. Yeah. Yeah. The kid at my office is pretty good. And, right. um, and then they're talking about it at work and then they're telling the story, whatever. And it takes time to grow that way. But I think that's all of the, like I said, the customer acquisition, right? You have to educate the market on what you are and why you are and how you are and what benefit you bring to the community. Nick can speak to this all day as good as we think we do, we are, we also know we're not very good because aside from the four neighbors around me in my neighborhood, I could go three houses down and knock on the door and they've probably never heard of DeKalb County United. Right. Yeah. But it is so hard to, to tell the story to people that you just don't have a chance to connect with. You don't, you don't see them. They're not in your circle of friends. You can't just text message them. There's just so many layers to it. And I think having that slow, steady growth is okay because it's better. It's stronger in the long run. You're building a better foundation than an artificial 
hey, we're going to have, uh, I don't know, Drew Carey's going to be out here to kick the ball at halftime. He's a mm-hmm. Seattle guy, right? So I can say yep. that. Mm-hmm. So, hey, Drew Carey's going to be here, and you get 3,000 people out to see Drew Carey, and then they never come to another game. It, it, things like that are, are the artificial pop sort of thing. Right. You know, sure, sprinkle them in, but build the strong foundation. Start with five and say, listen, I, I want to, I need your help to sell 10 more memberships and just organically build it, you know, and, mm-hmm. and don't be afraid that it takes a long time. Yeah. Cause I think that's, it's okay. It's like I said, it's stronger in the long run. So. Absolutely. Um, yeah. What's up? You, you've got a couple other things. Um, you have some adult five, uh, you have some adult league stuff. You got some five V five summer stuff. You got some camps on your website. Um, I don't do a great deal of research for these podcasts because Nick likes me to just wing it, but, um, <laughs> I have no, I have, and then, he was pinging me earlier. You know, he was saying he's doing this, he's doing it. I was genuinely surprised he even knew you had a website. So yeah. <laughs> yeah Cause I said, I said up, I said up the goats and then I realized goats, it's go, it's go goats, not up the Goes, but oh, that's true yeah but either way i thought it, it was cool so um so what are those some of those other soccer initiatives and stuff that you're doing tell me a little bit about those plans yeah of course uh so i the the kirkland adult leagues um kind of i i got a the idea from from chattanooga fc just i'm i'm always looking around at, at other teams and kind of what they do and just see what what could be successful here and um you know, I, they, they basically, what they do is they run uh, small sided leagues through their club. Um, And it gives people of, um, you know, men uh, and women of all, all all ages and and whatever, a chance to play soccer weekly. And that was one thing that I really enjoyed when I was, when I was um, going to Northwest was I, I was working at arena. So I was playing indoor two or three times a week. And then I was, you know, joined a, a men's league in Seattle. Um, but in Kirkland, there's really not a league to play in. And so to, to do that, you have to go a little bit South or over to Seattle or, or go and play indoor. And uh, so I, I thought, well, you know, I have this, this group of guys that I know um, that kind of that's that get together every Wednesday and Saturday and, and, and play pickup, um, that would be, there's like a hundred or 120 of them right now, um, that would love to do this, I think. And you keep, you keep the cost low, of course, and you, they don't have to be expensive. Um, I can, I've already done the math and, you know, you can, you, you can keep it pretty low, but then it's, it's a way to get people involved, not only just having them come in, come and buy tickets to your game and say here buy this buy this you're actually providing them with the thing that they love the most which is playing um or being or being around soccer so that was kind of the the idea of the adult leagues we haven't kicked it off yet and then the 5v5 summer tournament was kind of my idea as as a precursor to to the leagues you know and this is of course all assuming that you know things will be normal and we can go back to playing but you know we, we we put out a summer tournament where you know you you get your team together it's 120 bucks or something like that um and you bring your family and there's it's almost like a little uh, carnival or you know something like that where you have food uh, uh, face painters other kinds of vendors there but then you you know you run these these short games uh, kind of like a jamboree setting and um 
yeah, and that's kind of a way to push people into the adult leagues. Um, it's a, it's a way for you right there to tell people, Hey, we've got this, we've got this men's team, you know, they, they probably already know about it at that point, but you know, you can offer all sorts of stuff there. Uh, you know, getting, getting the people who love soccer all in one place together, which is obviously a difficult thing to do right now. But if, if you, if we can, um, I think that would just be a huge way to, to grow up organically, but also grow it pretty quick with, with the right target market. So, um, so those are those two things, the camps. Um, I've talked to a lot of different people who, who say that, um, camps are a big part of, 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 of what they do. Um, and these are, these are youth camps. And so, you know, probably, probably really even shouldn't have it on, on the website at this point, but, um, it's something that again, we are all, are, are looking to do as well. And so the reason why we have it up here is if anyone runs across it and they have some questions, it's a, it's a gauge for us to see, you know, who, who, who's interested in this and things like that. One thing we did do is, uh, during, during the pandemic, uh, I was doing some, some one-on-one with some people that I knew and, uh, ended up having a, a friend who actually plays for Kirkland the scene as the captain. Um, he got, he got laid off of his job. And so what, what ended up happening was I transitioned, my clients to Kirkland FC and then I've been running him um, through Kirkland FC that way. So it's a, you know, it's a chance for him to, to make a little bit of money in this tough time, Mm -hmm. but it's also a way to get those, those people engaged with Kirkland FC and it, you know, it's Kirkland FC makes a, makes a little bit on that to kind of help keep things pushing through right now. And so that's kind of another, another line of business that we've come across um, that has been, okay. Um, you know, we haven't really pushed it that hard to try to go out and build it, you know, but, um, that could be something for, for people as well, looking to, to, to bring the right people in who want to maybe come to games or join their youth camp or do whatever. Um, you know, it's, you're not at that point, you're not only coaching the kid, but you're getting Kirkland FC in front of the parents. Um, you know, and you, you, you give a kid a free ticket to a game and then all of a sudden you have the parents who can come, maybe even the grandparents who want to come to you know st- stuff like that so uh, all of those little tiny things um trying not to hardly spend any money on them but to like you said organically grow it as opposed to saying hey whoever from the sounders is going to send us a message on instagram and so that's going to be our way to make money that that usually never works out like, like you were saying so yeah those are those those kind of initiatives we have all right um guys i'm going to call time on this half um, i'm glad you started speaking about money again because we're gonna yeah we'll go into the second half and then trent i'll lead you into some questions that i know you want to ask john about other things so catch you on the other side gents all right guys welcome back to the second half of build it with john, myself john and this week trent um Trent, when you first reached out to us, the email involved a lot of questions about sponsorship, which I would guess you're fairly eager to ask John about. So the floor is yours. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's one thing that most people have running a club or wanting to start a club will have questions about. So I think this would be beneficial to people. Um, when when you're going and talking to different business owners and, and people like that, um, do you present them as sponsorships or do you present them as partnerships? And could you, if they are different, could you explain the difference between the two? Boy, this is the part where I, I have to act like I'm a seasoned veteran 
and a professional and I, I'm far from it. Um, but I, you know, speaking to our experience, I think you can attack it anyway. Um, a sponsorship, this is how I define things in my head. A sponsorship is, is you provide us with money. Um, in return, usually we give you something, whether it's a banner or we put your, we put your logo on something and there you go, bing, bang, you're a sponsor. To me, that's where the, the transaction is done, right? We got the check. We told you we were going to put your logo on our shirt. We put our logo on our shirt. We cashed the check. Sponsorship complete. Um, mm -hmm. I, think, I think ideally those sponsors remain partners and they promote the club, you know, through their channels. Um, so my, my definitions are looser than, than maybe the, you know, they teach you in college, but I don't know. But to me, the partnership is somebody who's actually a partner. Now that could involve a monetary sponsorship or a donation or whatever. Um, but partner, a partnership with a business can be a little bit more broader than a transactional relationship. So I think there's, there's businesses that I think you go into with a, listen, I know you're just, you're going to try to get me out of your office. So let's figure out the dollar amount that works and what we can provide and let's be done with it because I can tell them a bother to you. And then there's other ones that, that just keep asking questions and just keep engaging. And those are the ones that I think you can really create stronger partnerships with where of course we need money to operate and the good things that we try to do the community can't happen if we don't exist and we need the community to provide that financial support so that we can um, continue to be us and have an impact. However, um, I think if you can find more partners that promote the club, whether it's, you know, through their social media, whether it's through just retweeting your own stuff, whether it's whatever that, that are truly like a partner and, and want you to succeed. I think, um, I think those can, I think both are necessary if I'm explaining that right. Yeah. I think both are necessary, but, um, when you, when you are, I think we all are at this point now where we're like, okay, we, we feel like we're going to be able to play a season next year. At some point it needs to be appropriate that we have to go boots on the ground again, even if it's in a virtual format, but we have to go start sharing our story. Mm -hmm. So, um, I, I think, I think you can approach it a lot of different ways. I, I, a lot of times, and I haven't done much of this in the last year, of course, but a lot of times I go in and I, I sort of, I sort of ask for both. And I, and I, I'm not afraid to explain that to people that, Hey, we have businesses that write checks and we never hear from them again. And we appreciate the check, but we equally appreciate somebody who can't write us a check, but will stick a half page flyer in every bag that they put that they hand a customer and all those, all those things go to all these people that buy from their store. And, and then those people actually come out to a game mm -hmm. and, and those things can be just as powerful as a $500 check or whatever it is. So, yeah. Uh, and I, and I, and I kind of, I will explain that to people and say, listen, what, if you don't have the money to kick in, I get it. If you're a grocery store, 
hey, will you stick this little postcard about Kirkland FC in every grocery bag for the next for the weekend? We just mm-hmm. do that for the weekend. And I don't know where that, you know, that's one of those things that's tough. You you put a promo code on it so you can track that they visited your website and bought a t-shirt. I don't know, but it's, it's brand awareness. It's something. And if they're willing to do that, it didn't cost them any money. And if you're willing, if they're willing to do that, it's easier to go back to them again. Once you've asked mm-hmm. somebody for money and they've given you the money, you're, you, I can go back to you next year, but that's it. You know, the relationship's yeah. almost done. So, right. And I think Nick said it earlier, all of it, you mentioned, Trent, that you're, you guys had a four or five or, or a handful of different ideas of different things to try. And I think you got to try every one of them. Somehow mm-hmm. at the same time, you have to try every one of them mm-hmm. because there's no magic button for any of this at this level that I've found yet. It is absolute hustle, making connections, networking. And as I've, I've talked about in the last, I don't know, a couple of podcasts I mentioned, watching Disney movies with my girls. And I've seen these movies a thousand times. And I'm shooting a text to that dude that I played soccer with 18 years ago. Going, hey, right. did, you know we, did you know we have a club? And then they go, that's awesome. And then I send them the website. And then I send them the merch link. And then six weeks later, I see that they buy something. Right. You know, it's, it's constant, relentless pursuit. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is that, I know for some people that kind of comes naturally, but the, the whole sales process and following up with people and talking about yourself, because I mean, you and I, and anyone who Nick, anyone who's been a part of a club understands that, you know, the club is really most of the time the people right? The people who represent the club. So when you're selling something, you, you really are selling yourself and your passion along with other things. But do you find it difficult to, to go in and talk to people about how awesome this thing you started is? <laughs> is it, is it no. come across as you feel like it's as arrogant or as like, okay, I don't want to hear about, you know, this person doesn't want to hear about this for me because it's like, you know, no one likes, you know, some people like talking about themselves, but I'm not the person who does. So it doesn't come naturally to me at first to go and, you know, say, Hey, look how great this thing is, even though it really is great. And I think everyone should know about it. You, you know what I mean? That kind of, that kind of tech, I guess. Yeah. I, no, I think that there's definitely a personality trait to sales a little bit. And I think that for me, it's, it's not difficult because and it's same with you when you've been in the organization from day one, it all, that's why I don't prepare for podcasts because I know what I know. And the only, the notes I take are things that other people are doing that I think are cool and interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that when you go in and speak, you said the word passion. That's all of it. And I've, I've said on, on previous little podcasts here that my success rate when I get a face-to-face meeting is very high mm-hmm. because I, I believe in what we're doing. I'm, I don't feel that I'm arrogant that we've created anything magical yet, but I believe strongly that what we're building could be huge some within the community, not in the context of world soccer. I don't care about that. Yeah. But as we, as, as Nick says all the time, we want to be the best thing in DeKalb County. Mm-hmm. And so I tell people, 
we are building the best thing in DeKalb County with your help. And I can, I can spew all the stats of not necessarily games, but I can tell you the history of 2018 and 2019. And I can tell you about the, the decision to, you know, start the Midwest league. And I can tell you about our coach and I can tell you about it's, it's in my head. I mean, I've been living it for very close to four years now. So mm-hmm. I, somebody could call me and say, Hey, I got, I need a, Hey, I heard about this club. Tell me about it. Okay, buddy, let's go. I'm, you're going to be on the phone for 45 minutes with me because I'm, I'm ready because it's in my head and I, and I, and I do believe in it. And I believe in the team we've put together on the field is very strong off the field, even stronger with an amazing group of people. And I'm not arrogant because I don't think I had much to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know, I think it's a, I think we lucked into a lot of it. We've talked about a lot of those things that things we never thought of just happened. And in hindsight, boy, it's a good thing it worked out that way. Yeah. So I, I think going in to talk to, to somebody on a sponsorship request, to be honest with you, one deal is probably not going to make or break you. Mm-hmm. So there's no reason to be nervous. You speak, you, you speak with passion. You speak with pride in what you're building. Speak to your successes. People don't generally care. A business doesn't generally care about trophies, but they do care right. that, hey, we had, we had 75 people and then we had 125 and um, we're looking to do this. And I need some additional support because I want to find us a facility to call home where I can host those fun game day activities and those, you know, put the full quote unquote semi-pro thing together. And I can't do that if I don't have a fence around the field. So I need support to get to this next level. And in return, I'll give you A, B, and C. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I think, I think you just, you sound prepared enough that when you go into a meeting and you know enough about what you're doing and why you're doing it, that shoot your shot. And then if they don't, if they don't want to support you now, then, well, you'll want to next year because you'll miss out. You're going to miss out this year. So you'll want to next year and I'll knock on the door. Hey, the year. What was that? What was that piece of advice yeah. that Steve Duran gave you all those years back about getting knocked back? You're going to 19 out of 20 are going to say no. 19 out of 20 people you talk to are going to say no. And I, I think that, well, and, and we talked about that. That was one of the early podcasts, wasn't it, Nick? We talked about that. And I think you, you go for that. And you might be in the same spot, Trent, where, you know, if you sit down and make a list of businesses that you know somebody that works there, and just start with five that you go, hey, I got, I, you know, whatever, my buddy's uncle or one of the players dad owns a company be professional i always try when possible i try to be i try to act semi-professional right i'm still a local guy but i'm taking this seriously so i got Mm -hmm. i'm either you know just just halfway nice i'm not in a t-shirt i'm not i'm not coming to ask money for a sunday league or little league baseball or whatever you know we are we are about to be the biggest thing in dekalb county and I'm going to show you why. And we're not there yet, but that's that's the story, and that's the goal, yeah. and that's the dream. Right? Yeah. I mean, I I know in my I I did a little bit of of sales for a 
for a soccer, a youth soccer franchise. And, it, and it, you're right, you get a lot of no's. And so I, I think that um, anyone who is going to want to do this or who's in there already probably knows, but should expect to, to get no a lot. Um, I, I, I went into one recently this, uh, back in, back in December is my, it, it was a story where it was like a year and a half ago, uh, this guy who owns this company said he wanted to, to be a part of NFC somehow. So I call him and text him, um, nothing radio silence. I go to his office. He just, he's not there. He's on a trip or something like that. A year and a half later, he finally comes around. And so I get to meet with him in person. And the second time I get to meet with him again, but you know, it's not, even once you get to that point, it's not always because what I, what I found moving forward in that talks was that he really wanted to change the, what Kirkland FC was all about at the core. Everything he was saying sounded really cool and nice and make all this money and blah, blah. Um, and how he was going to help us do that. But you know, it would have been a completely different club at that point. And so I think that's one thing that I've learned and may speak to this too. Um, going into these situations, yeah, knowing exactly who you are, um, knowing how much, how far you'll, you'll bend without changing who you are. And um, yeah, maybe you can share if you've ever had any experiences like that where someone wanted to kind of almost take over what, what you were doing <laughs> because that's happened I, now the second time. No, <laughs> No, and honestly, I've, I've told people, like, I would welcome somebody that wants to get that involved. I mean, I, yeah. I'm not saying that that conversation would go the way that our board wants it to go. Or, or you know what I mean? If somebody wants to come in and say, hey, I like the thing, um, and but I'm going to change the name and change the – well, yeah, like you said, well, that's not the same club then. If Then right. you don't need us. Um, I, I think – I think those people though, that somebody that's put that much thought into something like that, I think I would try to stay engaged with them mm -hmm. um, because I don't know if this person like comes from a spot of financial fortune, but you, you know, the money boots on the ground. It doesn't, you need more than money. And right. sometimes you don't even really need a lot of money. If you're willing to work hard, you don't need a lot of money to, to do this at this level. Hello, everybody. At this point, we had a bit of a technical mishap. I've tried my best to rectify it and edit it and work some technological wizardry. Sorry. My, my question was, uh, why do you guys choose to do your, your coffee through your, um, through your supplier's website rather than be the ones to distribute it and package it and all that stuff yourself? Okay. Yeah. It, so. Yeah. And pretty much the wherever I got cut off. The 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 point. The problem is we don't have a storefront. We don't have the facility. And right now we're not doing any events, so it doesn't really make sense to deal with something like that at this point. Um, I think when we, I think when we're hosting home matches or we have a season kickoff party or we're doing a camp, um, then then obviously I think we would buy some product and be able to sell some product on our on our own, but. At this point, it just doesn't make sense to inventory anything else. And the other part of that quote unquote partnership is that somebody might want to go buy a, a different kind of coffee from Barb City Roasters. So we don't we don't want to limit their exposure to just us. I mean, while we prefer it, we we want to see them succeed as a business as well. And that doesn't happen just from us. So um I think it's just, I think it's cleaner and easier at this point. Once we get live action again, then 
you know, maybe we'll do things different. Even that we're not, we're not going to go roast coffee ourselves. We're not going to go. Um, yeah. We're not going to package it, you know, or <laughs> let them do their thing. And, and we have enough things to do at this point. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I, my, I think a follow up to that is, yeah, does, I know, cause like I was saying, uh, Snohomish County, I, I, I think they're the ones that, as far as I understand it, you know, they're, you know, I, I, I bought one from them just cause I was, you know, supporting clubs around the area and uh, I bought directly through them and they shipped it out and all this stuff. So I was just, yeah, it's just different ways of doing things. And obviously different areas of the country, things cost different, whatever. There's all sorts of reasons why we do things different, but I was just curious on that. And, and it's time. Um, it really all comes down yeah. to time, Trent, because uh, we, we sold a, uh, we're selling our, some of our old game worn jerseys and we got an order last night. I saw it this morning. I went and got it out of my basement and I printed a shipping label and I packaged it and I taped it and I put it in the mailbox with a little red flag up. It didn't take me long, but that's not my day job. Right. You know what I mean? That's like, I don't, I don't, we don't need to deal with every detail of everything that happens at this point. We don't have mm -hmm. the infrastructure for that. And, and that's where I think you just know your limitations. I just know that, you you and your partner have to be all things at this point until you grow that volunteer group that mm -hmm. you got to pick your battles you got to figure out what's yeah. the best thing i spend my time on right now mm -hmm. yeah absolutely just on um, that as well um we were speaking to someone the other day and i asked john just off the cuff during a season how many hours he devotes a week to soccer stuff um, you know, outside of his day job, outside of being a husband and a father and, you know, a friend. Um, and how many did you say, John? Give or take? Boy, I don't remember now. It was probably right, close some. to 20. It was yeah. probably close to 20. And, and that's, right. that's with a really good volunteer group. That's with a coaching staff that handles all the stuff on the field. It's, again, my, I think my strength is, and Nick, you probably will tell me I might have others or different, but my strength is, is networking mm -hmm. and everything that comes from that. I'll say, Nick and I will be chatting shit, as they say, and I'll go, hey, guess who I talked to? He goes, oh, God, who's this? And I, oh, I <laughs> talked to so-and-so that knows so-and-so who, who runs a so-and-so. He goes, of course you did. And I think yeah. that's, I've identified that as, while I would love to coach and I would love to do this and I would love to design merchandise, that's not my thing. And yeah. you just have to let go of it. And I, I've loved to play at 39 years old. I'd love to go try to play just because I'm only getting older, but I, it's not the best interest of the club. So, right. you know, limit my exposure and, and do mm -hmm. what I can and do what I think is best for the club in my role. And I think that's one of the hard things when you're in a smaller group or just you and one other person or just you, mm -hmm. you have to be everything. And that's, extremely difficult oh yeah i mean as <laughs> this is a conversation for another time but year two we were planning to have a coach that fell through and then i ended up getting injured a uh, really bad knee injury and uh so i ended up coaching so i mm -hmm. ran the game day beforehand got everything set up had a few people helping me out but i coached who as you remember were mostly my friends mm -hmm. and uh older brother younger brother and a bunch of other people you know as much as i think people respected me it one thing you should never do as a club owner or person who runs a club is also be the head coach i firmly believe that i think it did a you know i did the best i could 
and I don't think it was good enough for for the players um, and for the club itself. And so uh, it's a testament to what you were saying. Really know, really know your role. Fill in where when you need to, but if you can, go and go and find the people to help to help slide into those slots because it just, uh, yeah, it it can do wonders for your club or it can it can it can hinder your club. So, um, but also one, it also yeah. allows you though, Trent. Now you have that opportunity to say, "Hey guys, I I did the best I could, and and this was you know we're maturing as a club. That wasn't good enough, and I'm stepping away from that." And yep. I'm stepping away from all of you so that I can focus on this and I'm going to bring in somebody. And I think that's yep. something that you explain to your guys and say, yeah, you know, it's hard. I don't want to be that close. I had guys playing on our team that I play Friday night rec with mm-hmm. and, or, or against, and they know I can't ball like they can. And I never really could. So I don't want to be on the sidelines telling them what to do. Cause I think that's a weird dynamic. And I, right. I consider some of them friends. I have nothing to do with it. Go talk to the coach. Unless yep. you've got a sponsor you want me to talk to, go over there. <laughs> right. Yep. You know, and, and I think it's good to separate that. Yeah. It's, that's just the truth. Uh, straight up truth. It's just not, it's just not worth it at that point. Um, yeah. Okay. So when, when you're doing, when you're asking for sponsorships and trying to try, trying to land those, uh, do you ever, wrapping uh tickets and season tickets into those sponsorships for for uh, businesses that you go to um we've we we are getting a little bit more into that and actually that's some things i've picked up doing this podcast from other people um yes i think we're going we are going to be pursuing that more um as i said you kind of get the read of somebody pretty quickly if they're if they're just taking a meeting with you reluctantly just because you've bothered them for so many emails and texts and calls and (laughs) you get you get the idea if they actually want to come to a game and and if they're in a business where you go yeah absolutely hey hey why don't we why don't you invite all your employees out for a night just as a thank you you i'll give you the tickets you can give them to your employees um Mm -hmm. we've tried some of those things as a thank you to our sponsors um, Nick, you might remember that I did that a year ago, well, 19. And I said, listen, you 26 businesses, we can never thank you enough, but here's something we want to do. However many free tickets you need for this coming Saturday, send this, it's a, we did a Google form, send this to all your employees. They can all bring their families. They can all have 3000 tickets if they want. Mm-hmm. Just sign up. We'll have them at will call and then send them to the game as a thank you for supporting the club. Yeah. I'm, I'm embarrassed to tell you how little response we had from that. So surprise, that's where I learned. Okay. So we tried to give this away. I don't know if those contacts at 26 businesses actually forwarded it to their employees. Did they not follow through? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I think you just have to, the people that, the people that really engage and really respond to your emails. And I used to send, um, Nick, do you remember I did like in 2018, I did like a weekly email to sponsors or maybe yeah. every couple of weeks. Hey, here's, here's the results of the last couple of games. Next week we're going to Dubuque. The, the week after that, we're going to Aurora. We had X number of people at the games, blah, blah, blah. Weather was great. Uh, Beto scored a hat trick. 
just to engage them. So they like, hey, it was kind of an email from the president every couple of weeks. So they knew they're, oh, they actually see the season started and they this and that. Um, I never really got a lot of feedback from that either. I mean, mm-hmm. once in a while, one of like, there was always like one that would engage all the time. Right. And then everybody else, it was kind of like, are they just going to spam? Are they reading it? Do they care? And, and then I found out from 18 to 19, when you go back and say, Hey, would you like to support us again? You get to realize the ones that it was, you know, I actually care what you're doing or I don't care what you're doing. Right. You know, I, I have a business to run and things like that. So yeah. I think, I think anytime, yes, you can roll tickets in. I know I, this is what soccer guys do. We talk, <laughs> if you can get tickets in and get them to use the tickets for sure. Cause butts and seats translates into sponsors next year. I think, right. When you say, right. Hey, I went from 175 at a game. Now we average 500 people go, Oh, that's a freight train. I want to be on. Cause next year it's going to be 1200. Mm-hmm. And and butts and seats is what they that's what the brand exposure is. It's yeah. people showing up. Yeah. Same same line on that. Um kind of a two two questions to this. Do you guys live stream your games? And then how important is that to to all of this stuff? Uh to sponsorships and things like that. Because <laughs> I mean, especially especially now, not knowing what's gonna happen, who knows? We might be able to go back and play, but you know, local local authorities may not allow us to have that many people back into, into stands. So how important will live streaming be for this, for all parts of this, of, of clubs this, this next year? I think it'll be extremely important for some. Um, and Nick's giggling because these are things we've talked about very recently, right? We, we are prepared as prepared as we can be in December for a completely fanless sponsorless season next year uh-huh. and i don't say sponsorless because i think if there's no fans what am i going to walk into somebody and say wait we're probably not going to have fans but would you throw us some money because whatever i mean so we've put together some digital um sponsorship options for people that do want it like maybe they want to maybe every time we tweet it's from somebody i don't know but um, the live streaming piece is part of it that we've talked about in our live stream. We have live streamed every home game for our two seasons that we didn't have technological failures. Um, we have a really, Brian Martin does a really good job as a live stream commentator for us. He sits about 12 feet from Nick in the press box and Nick does the in-game PA. Um, I think we do very good audio live stream. The video leaves something to be desired for sure. And I think having that on a platform that people can easily go find the links to watch those games is important. Um, I'm also curious though, because I'm imagining myself, uh, not myself. I'm imagining Again, if my neighbor won't come out to a game, they're not going to sit at the computer and watch a live stream for two hours. Right. So you're not going to bring on more casual fans by having a live stream. But I think your diehard fans, whether it's four or five of them or 20 or 200, if that's the only way they can stay connected with it, I think probably, and Nick, you should comment on this. I think there's a way through your social media and through your marketing you can you can garner some excitement for this live stream that's going to be on at seven o'clock Saturday, especially if everybody's still stuck at home. Right. Well, you then know, also I'm, it's it's 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, go on, Trent. It's all right. Yeah, I, I mean, I know a lot of clubs don't necessarily, uh, you know, video their games anyways, but, I mean, right there is a ton of, of content that you can pull from, whether it's goals or saves or what, whatever else that you can put together as, a, as future promotional content for the next year rather than just rather than just photos, you know, everyone loves watching a highlight reel or, you know, you know, this amazing goal that was scored or something like that. You know what I mean? It's, it's more than just um, live streaming it in the moment. There's a lot of, there's a lot of uses yeah. that you can use that video for. So. Absolutely. Right. And, and I think that that's one of the things that we could do a better job. And, and I, that's, you know, doing video editing is, is a job in itself. Yeah. Even if it's just, if it's just yeah. getting online and cropping and doing stuff, uh, especially in a season where you're, you're going to play a game a week. I mean, that's, that's a, a furious schedule for a video guy doing it as a volunteer. Um, mm. I think that's one of the, like, yes. I mean, there, there's so many more things that I feel like we could do, but there's only so much we can do right now. And not, sure. not only with COVID, but just we're all volunteers. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we there has to be a limit to what we put into this and we don't want to get to the point where we, we pass the point of having fun doing it. Right. Yeah. I, um, I don't know if you've looked into live streaming at all. The service we use is my Kuju. I know there's a couple of others out there. Um, and on a personal level, I didn't get on with the interface, but I think that was probably me being a technical technological Luddite rather than anything else, because they certainly seem to be popular and successful. Um, mm-hmm. but as services go, you can't really fault it, right? If, if your mum wants to watch you play, um, it's very easy just to give her the link and away you go. Um, and it, as a repository of all your previous action, it's a great thing, right? No one's, mm-hmm. no one's against it at all. There is no reason not to do it other than the manpower involved in it, right? In, in, right. in theory, the setup is easy. You need a smartphone and a microphone. And that's it, right? Um, and your man can track the soccer or get someone else to do it, and he just commentates on it. But in reality, you know, does it's? I just found it a bit of a ball to set up, and that, again, that's probably just me. But it's worth it, especially for your road games. Um, you know, we ha- we encountered a lot of people who, and not a lot of people, we encountered a lot of clubs who didn't put the time and care into their match day feed that we did. Um, name me no names, but John, you know exactly who I mean. Um, and it, it was a big bugbear of ours. Is like, well, if we can be bothered to go to the effort and r- broadcast your game, then the very least we expect is you to broadcast it to our fans when we come and visit you. Um, mm-hmm. And it brought, built a little bit of resentment. And I know that your know, match day standards is something that John's been very active on in setting up the Midwest Premier League. Um, and you spoke about you know your involvement with your league and where, where however it goes. I would, whether it involves match day, whether it involves broadcasting or not, I think. Uniformity of match day standards is, is a big thing at non-league level across the country because there's so much variance. You know, it's a, it's a hoary old debate about what is non-league and what is amateur and what is you know semi-pro, etc., etc., etc. And that's not for this. But a uniformity of standards goes a long way to getting a league accepted in the next state along and the next state along, and then all of a sudden you're a national league because you're doing right. things the right way with uniformity. Right. Yeah, and that's and that's something that we. We tried really hard at the beginning of our uh, of the league's um, life was to set in standards um, for you know what kind of field are you playing on um, has to have these certain things when you're there uh, you know all all those kinds of things and you, some clubs didn't do a great job with that and they were, were also the ones that kind of fell off the wagon too uh, so 
you know, it, it's, you get as much out of it as a club as, as you put into it. And so sure. that was one thing that, you know, we, we didn't, we never did, we never live streamed anything because I didn't want to, um, you know, for lack of better terms, half-ass it and have it be mm-hmm. more, more annoying and actually hurt the image in the brand of our club and other clubs rather, you know, if, if I'm going to do something like that, it better be clear picture. If I have audio, it's got to be, you know, good audio. So you're mm-hmm. not seeing some, some choppy live stream game that, you know, no one's going to enjoy. So there's, there's those parts too. It's, yeah, it's, if you're going to do it, you got to do it all the way. Don't, don't do something just to, just to say we, we can do it. So, mm. yeah. Um, how much, how much dealings do you have with Northwest as alumni? You know, it's really difficult. Um, so it's, it, a little background, Northwest, the athletic fields up there. Um, we've got the, uh, a really great setup. We've got these, basically you can fit two full grass fields next to each other and a turf field. It used to be where the Seahawks used to do all of their practicing and training before they moved to their new location. And so when they moved, they, they handed the, the property off to Northwest and, you know, it was basically giving it to them. Mm. But within that, it, it's, it's a huge mess. There's a, within Kirkland, there's this um, like community, it's called, it's called Houghton. And um, they have more, they have more say on what happens inside their little area inside Kirkland than the city of Kirkland does themselves. So if they say you can't have outside groups come onto your field, mm. then you can't do it. Um, Northwest hasn't been able to update any, any of their buildings for 50 years because uh, they don't want to make them too tall or, you know, they don't want construction, yeah. you know, a lot of stuff like that. And so it was, it was interesting. I was asked to actually be a part of when I was still going to school there. Uh, they put together this massive presentation um, about how all of the good things about how opening up the school and being able to redo some of the facilities and adding in lights so we can play games at night instead of having to, uh, we, we had to play games at like one o'clock on Fridays and stuff like that. So we were missing school when we really shouldn't have to mm. stuff like that. And so I've been asking long story short, they won't let us practice or play games on their field, even though they have um, great, great facilities to do it because of, of all of those things I said. And so to my extent that I'm with, that I, that I deal with them, I still really close with my, my coach, uh, the, the women's coach there. I both talked to, talked to both of them pretty, pretty regularly. Um, And a lot of the alumni, we have Facebook alumni groups and things like that, that we, Mm -hmm. that we shoot stuff off on. And so, um, yeah, and every now and then, um, some text to, yeah. to to guys and stuff. So, I'm just I'm just curious because like that's a ready-made source of talent, both on-field and off-field. Right? You've got people yep. doing marketing, you've got people doing broadcasting, you've got people doing customer service degrees for all it matters, right? Um, and all the points in between. And if you've got an in, giving someone the opportunity to do quote intern or just volunteer for their resume right it's exploitative to a degree but it's mutually beneficial but someone's resume that says that i you know i've got this portfolio of game footage that i cut together and i spoke over and i filmed and whatever it is yeah you've got to ask the question yeah absolutely and uh i got a business degree within the business degree you have to have an internship whether it's paid or Mm -hmm. not paid and so you know i tried to do that with the with the social media portion it didn't work out there wasn't I don't think I did a good enough job writing a, writing a job description, but that's definitely mm-hmm. in an untapped place mm-hmm. for, 
fans, players, interns, volunteers, uh, all sorts of stuff, uh, yeah. whether or not we get to play on their fields. So, Absolutely. And the high, schools, the high schools as well, right? They're the ones that need it for their college resumes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. One, one thing that I kind of came up with, too, I was going to do this year was going to places like the high school teams, going to the coaches or the athletic directors and saying, hey, we'll – you you sell tickets for us. We'll cut you whatever it was, and I was you know going to do half half the ticket price or something like that. You sell as many as you can. We'll give that straight back into your programs for whatever it would be. Mm-hmm. So that was one way to potentially grow organically as well, but also give back to people and you know clubs and teams within our community. That you know it's always hard to raise money for for high school teams and, and other clubs. And you know if we're doing it together that way, it it's, yeah. it could be a good thing. So. My, my initial reaction there, there, and John, you may disagree, I don't know, but my reaction is would be, don't sell it, just give it to them. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah, the, the idea wrong. was, yeah. No, you're right. All, all of the players get to go for free, and mm-hmm. then the idea was that is, you know, yeah, you, yeah, probably starting off, that makes sense, giving it, just giving them away to everyone, but it's the fundraiser that the players within the club are selling to mm-hmm. whomever, and then that money can come back um, to them that, that they sell, you know, kind of like you're instead of selling cookies or something like that, yeah. that people do all the time. It's you're selling I, tickets to games. When I was in same thing we did when I was in, uh, I don't know. It was, uh, we were, we went to France in 98 for the world cup when I was 16 and the company, the touring company that we, we went with provided us a bunch of free raffle tickets and you were supposed to sell, you could, whatever you got each, each of us kids got a, hundred raffle tickets to sell and i think we were supposed to sell them for two bucks a piece or whatever and that money just stayed with me to pay for my trip so i think that's what nick's alluding to something like that where you go hey i'm gonna give each of your players 10 tickets it's five bucks a piece that i i recommend you sell them for five bucks a piece and then all that money stays within your club i don't touch any of the money mm-hmm. and hopefully you sell them to people that are going to use the tickets and then yeah that's the point they, then you don't handle any of the financial end of it and keeping track you just hopefully have more people coming to your games more people coming to the games and if you are hurting for money you get people in seats who might buy something else absolutely yeah kind of thing. Or, or, or the thing, come back later yeah the thing that we've realized out through this offseason that the, we, we've been scared shitless of giving away freebies not because we're tight or you know scrimping it's just we didn't think the bigger picture of rolling it forward of what does that freebie actually bring back in you know we right. we thought we've expected we almost we, we put a, a bowl in the middle of the high street and said here's a ticket if you want one and expected people to come and get it rather than going out and putting them in the hands of people and saying come this is your ticket we're here on Saturday." interesting interesting another story nick i took six tickets i think and i put them at the playground in the middle of my neighborhood and i put it on our neighborhood facebook page one day i said hey there's a dkcu game tonight there's six free tickets at the playground first first people to get there get them and my neighbor replied, she goes, oh, we've been wanting to come to a game. So that, in that case, it actually worked to put them in the middle of town. Mm-hmm. But they were also the only ones. So, or maybe they were just the first, I don't know. <laughs> but but I, think that's, I think that's the way you do that, right? If I, go, if I go, go through my phone and find somebody that I haven't talked to in a while, but listen, haven't seen you in a while. Why don't you pop over to the game tonight? I got four tickets at will call for you. Can you guys make it? Mm-hmm. And put them on the spot to show up. Yeah. And, and, and yep. Nick, look at our volunteer group, right? We got a dozen people. 
if, if every one of us did that with three, three groups of friends or families that we have and brought 12 extra people to the game, and I think that's what Nick knows too. If I get free tickets to a game and I bring my kids, you know I'm going to the merch table. I have to. I'm obligated. Geez, I didn't pay anything to come in. I might as well buy a shirt or a mm-hmm. scarf. And, and wow, we had a great time. We'll definitely be back. You know? And I, I think those are the tricks that mm-hmm. those are the tricks we talked about it at our meeting the other night, Nick, that we have to we have to create a plan of action to bring people to the stadium, assuming yeah. we can safely do so. Yeah, you're in a slightly different position to us in as much as you are, as we said, in a soccer hotbed, right? But as the wider picture, we've got to stop trying to think of positioning ourselves as soccer clubs because there's a cultural shift to make people come and watch soccer, right? Unless it's a youth soccer game where mum and pop are sitting in their camp chairs, very few people go and watch adult soccer. So how do we, 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 we're not going to change their minds over that overnight, but what we can do is create an event, a must be thing, a, a community event that, you know, they want to come and be a part of whether just in the same way as minor league baseball, right? That beautiful homespun romantic notion, but you're the thing that unites that community and it just happens to be a soccer game. Yeah. So the soccer is an afterthought. In, in, when you go to watch a Sounders game, right? And it, I, I've never been to an MLS game because I can't think of anything more different to what I believe in, but, um, <laughs> <laughs> but um, certainly from my experience back in England, experience back in England, like it got to a point where the soccer almost got the the actual soccer match got in the way of me socialising with my friends. Sure. It was what it was what brought us together. It got us to the club. What got us to the pub. What got us to on that train to the away game. Whatever it is. But then we're having such a good time. You look at the clock. Oh, we've got to go in now. I really don't want to because the next 90 minutes are going to be awful because I support an awful soccer club. But ultimately, right, if you can do that within your community and say, everyone come out and if you want to watch soccer, great. But if you just want to drink beer, eat, eat hot dogs, buy a shirt, don't care. But we're the, we're the place that everyone's got to be at. That's right. win. Yeah. And I, I think that's really tough for me who's – I'm still fairly young and I, I still feel like I could go and play and I have <laughs> that competitive edge in me. So it's like – well, no, wait, we should be, you know, we should be focusing on playing really well and our team does really well in the field and all of these things when, when what, what I've heard you guys talking about and, you know, going through it myself, that's not the most important thing. And like we talked about at the beginning, it's, um, yeah, you're, you're providing a place for, for people to come together and mm-hmm. soccer just happens to be there. You, so. you said right at the start of this that you've moved, moved slightly south because you've, you've got a young family or you're certainly recently married and you're starting a family and all that. You know, just you're on, mm-hmm. you're on the life path, right? Um, mm-hmm. God willing, you're not going to have as much time to devote to the soccer club in the next five, ten years, but you want the soccer right. club to be there for whoever comes along in your place, whatever your yeah, children look course. like. And that you've, got to, you've got to start thinking of terms of, I don't care about the result here. I don't care about the result next week. I care about there being a club next year and the year after that. And then we can yeah. start thinking about a youth club and then we can start thinking about a pipeline and then we can start thinking about do, 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 do. But that 90 minutes, other than the product engaging people, right. is utterly, utterly pointless. In every sense, right? It's just grown men kicking a ball around. Why right. do you care? <laughs> right, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> well, and, and at the same time, Trent, if you're young enough and want to play, Go play. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I think, I think, I think what we're, as we're just having a conversation, if you want it to be much bigger, you might have to make that decision that 
the playing doesn't matter anymore. And, I, and, I, and this is not to say that there's not people that can do both or all of it. There's people that do all of it. They do it all themselves and they pay for it themselves and they, whatever. But Nick and I are, are, are strongly opinionated that that doesn't become sustainable long-term. So right. it's about you just deciding what, what, you know, what do you want? Mm-hmm. I, I, hey, I, that's why I still, well, I still try to play a little bit recreationally because I still just love playing. Right. And I'm almost exactly. to the point now where I'm embarrassingly out of shape where I go, boy, I shouldn't be out here as the president of a quote unquote semi-pro club <laughs> getting just destroyed by grown men older than me. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. They're just kind oh, of yeah. the point where you just go, whatever. But, but um, no, I think, I think you got the right, you know, I think you're going about it the right way. You're, you seem methodical in your approach. And, and I think it's cool that you're trying things. You're, you're throwing things out there and you're like, even in your own review, you're like, well, maybe that, maybe that doesn't make sense. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. Try it, but try it. We, we don't know. We've tried something new every year and we're going to try something new in 21. Yeah. We're going to try 10 new things in 2021. Of course. The important thing is we're sustainable so far and we're learning. And someday we hope to be on cruise control, but we're, Mm -hmm. we're not there yet. Right. All right, gentlemen, we are getting to the towards the end of it. We've still got a little bit of time, but I'm anxious that Trent gets all his questions out. So Trent, is there anything else you want to ask before we go down a really flippant route? Yeah, let's, uh, I, I think I'm, John, I messaged you on Twitter about this, but uh, the, with the, with the Midwest Premier League and the uh, road pass, I think is what you guys call it. I thought that was a fantastic idea. Could you, I think you talked about it last week or last pod mm-hmm. or maybe before, mm-hmm. but kind of how that's gone so far with not having any games on, on, on the schedule yet and, and kind of what your plans for that are and, and just kind of the overall feel so far for how that's gone. Yeah, it's gone pretty good. Um, we, you know, it was an idea that we had that we want to encourage road support because uh, I think butts and seats, your sponsors don't care who's there. If they see mm-hmm. full stands, they're happy. So we want to encourage those rivalries and, uh, put put it in front of the board and the member clubs voted and, and decided let's give it a try and the money stays within the league so that we can um, offer maybe it's continuing education maybe we can have a guest speaker come talk to the clubs maybe it's uh, travel money maybe it's money to pay for maybe maybe that road pass we make a hundred thousand dollars and we can offer some prize money that's not currently in the budget but maybe it could be because of the road pass so I don't think you're going to have uh especially in December, right? We won't have the schedule out for two more months. I, I think because it's 20 bucks, it's almost like I just want to support this project. You know, it's not, yeah, I want to, I want to go support my club, but I know I might only make one or two away games, but I want to support the project. I want to support all these clubs around us because all the clubs around us make us stronger. So mm-hmm. um, I think uh, maybe before this actually gets released, we're going to, we, we've talked as clubs and we're going to start releasing some standings, a, a league table for where the road pass sales are at, mm. um, which should be fun and create a little bit of interclub banter for the next six months. And um, certainly between the supporters. So we're, we're excited about it. Um, you know, again, trying something different. If it, if it works, we'll do it every year. And if it doesn't, maybe we won't. And so far so good. Yeah. 
No, it's just cool. I think it's a way to, yeah, like you were saying, get people involved, not just at the home games, but of course you're not going to have hundreds and hundreds of people probably riding out to middle of nowhere to go watch you play, but you know, five or 10 people, it's a, that's a big deal to have those people in the crowd. So, and, and the um, supporters tell us that that's the best bonding experience there is, is to go to a road game. Of course. So yeah. if you can get your supporters to go on the road, you know, they're going to come home. Yeah, exactly. Um, Maybe one last question for, for both Nick and, and John. Um, what, what is the, what's been your guys' greatest joy in doing this whole thing so far, even with the, the difficult times this year? What's, what's one thing that you would point people to who are, might be looking at doing something like this and say this is one of the reasons why we love doing this? Go ahead, Nick. Um, as an outsider, I've, I'm super excited about where American soccer is. Right? It's a long way from perfect. Um, you only have to go and look on Twitter and you only have to watch Men in Blazers. I hate Men in Blazers so much. Um, <laughs> but there is, but it's, we are, I feel like we're doing a thing and we're making a positive change. And I, the more we do this podcast, the more we do the stuff on Twitter and the more we, the, the club startup packets and other stuff John and I have got going on, the more we engage with people like yourself and guys up in the nowhere in Wisconsin and in Nebraska and wherever else we talk to that um, are on the same journey as us and we can help them and they can help us. You know, I, I alluded, I don't care about MLS. MLS doesn't care about me, but if we can create a DeKalb, a Kirkland, a Aurora, a Rockford in every single community up and down across, across the country, then we're doing it right, right? Then the, soft, the, the game that we all love will grow without Don Garber and without men in blazers and without mm -hmm. the rest of it who care you know we'd be grateful world cup qualification for you guys but <laughs> but um yeah it's it's a different sport it's a different thing we're trying to build a community we're not trying to build we're not trying to affect the globe we're just trying to affect you know next door yeah john yeah i i, I agree with all You've that got a minute, and, and john. i think <laughs> i i think short term i think the networking and the the friendships i've been able to make doing doing the soccer work. Um, I, I think just met some really amazing, cool people. And, you know, I'm looking forward to the next 20 years of uh, continuing to, to make friends across the country and, and within our own community, people that I didn't know before. So Definitely. I think it's a, I think it's a worthwhile journey for anybody willing Sweet. to do it. Yeah. Trent, I'm sorry, apologies for cutting out this short, but you know, um, there you go. That's what you get for free. It's been a pleasure meeting up with you, Trent. Um, we'll be in touch. Keep in touch with us as well. Good luck with everything that goes on in the future. Um, and don't feel afraid to reach out if you need us again. Well, thank you both. Thanks, I really Trent. appreciate your time. Yeah. Nice Take to talk care, to you guys. Good Trent. Yeah. Hey.